to do. Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Jake, you can introduce your guest, but first, what are you drinking this week? Uh, this week, I am drinking Noon Whistle Brewing's Guava Goza Smack Sour Wheat Ale. Okay, I'm starting off with a throw to my favorite brewing company, but it might be their worst beer. We'll find out. And that is Belching Beaver going with their <laughs> Beav Light. So uh, I don't have high expectations for this. I have a feeling they're much better at craft beers than light beers, but we'll see. Respect. Well, this week on the episode, sorry, almost uh, pulled a Kyle and over poured my beer. Uh, we nice. have one of my good friends from Twitter. He, if you're in the fantasy football space, you definitely know who he is. But if not, you should just get to know him because he's a great dude. We have Josh over here. Josh, how's it going tonight? It's going great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I've been wanting to get on the show for a little bit, so I'm excited. Yeah, we are glad to have you on here. Well, Josh, are you drinking anything special tonight? Yeah, I'm going a little off. I usually drink craft beers, but we were at the pool earlier, and I just have some left over. So I'm drinking uh, ranch, ranch water. It is Lone River Ranch Water respect it's light i was outside all day so Makes that sense. was that was my my tall boy during tall boy roulette uh for dane's bachelor party Hell yeah. yeah that's true definitely could have ended up with something worse like the tam spicy tamarind smear yeah. off that yeah, jack that got stuck with yeah, i got super gross. lucky and awful. i had the uh the pbr so no problems for me yeah nice and simple for you and then we found out we found the vfw and we drank did infinity two dollar pbrs we did that yeah that's true it was a good All time right. you ready for the fun fact of the week i am ready for the fun fact of the week josh are you ready for the fun fact of the week i'm ready did you know that hair is really strong jake yeah do you know how strong no a single hair strand could hold three ounces in weight meaning that your combined whole head of hair can support 12 tons isn't that crazy i'm calling cap on that one <laughs> uh, and weight for weight, it's not as strong as steel, but it's more like Kevlar, hmm. which is pretty interesting. Well, I don't think it's stopping a bullet if I get shot in the head. So I don't <laughs> I know, know if I agree with that. I but... don't know. <laughs> you want to try? <laughs> nah, I'm okay. <laughs> Maybe before I cut my hair, I would have thought about it. Had a little bit more of a shield, but anyways, right. that's it. Jo There's Josh, I didn't prep before this at all, but it's a tradition on here for our guest to start. So what is the topic that you are bringing to the table this week? Um, so the only thing that's really been on my mind outside of sports and music recently has been a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. Something I kind of got that's into like a few years ago, kind of, kind of, you know, swerved it my whole life thinking you know, it wasn't cool or any fun, but it's one of my favorite things to do now. So I love it. Uh, yeah. It's funny that you'd bring that to the table today because uh, I actually have to talk to Jake about this at some point in time, but I was just messaging. We started a Husbands and Dragons, or we attempted to do Husbands and Dragons for a short period of time, and it just completely fell off because of everybody's schedule. But we were like really starting to go after that. And then uh, after it fell apart, my buddy, who was a part of that with us, has been like messaging me on the side like basically ever since then, like trying to get us back rolling. And I was just messaging him last night no kidding about this and he's like did we really got well actually i think i said it first but i was like we got to go back and get this started again once yeah. especially like once everybody kind of gets their schedule cleared up because at the end of the year i'll be done with school and so i'll have like not that extra time to dedicate yeah. to that nonsense and so once that's done like i could put those hours into a little bit of dungeons and dragons every week right so uh we were, we were literally just talking about how we need to get the gang back together and refresh this 
Well, and that was the problem too. That's like the worst part about Dungeons and Dragons for me is that like every time I've started a campaign, I've never finished a campaign. Like mm. scheduling always becomes a problem, especially hard, when you do man. too many people and you like don't go into it planning for it to just be like a one hitter where you have to do like multiple sessions. It just ends up yeah. falling apart. So Josh, how do you get your Dungeons and Dragons sessions to not instantly fall apart after one? It's it's very hard to do, but the guy who runs my games, he started doing it for fun, but I kind of persuaded him. I was like, look, I think there's kind of a market for this. So he DMs actually for a living now. He's got some contract oh, yeah. with a corporation, awesome. so he just runs Dungeons & Dragons games. Um, before COVID, it was a lot easier because we did it in person, but yeah. then COVID yeah. happened, and that really threw a wrench in things. And you know, it was very hard to get everyone synced up for three to four hours at a time. Um, but I think it's the fact that he does it professionally. He's really good at letting people know at the start, this is a commitment. It's not, you know, this right. is going to take up your time once a week. If you can't make it, at least just give a heads up. Cause there's a lot of sessions we play with missing one person. Right. Yeah. So that still happens, but it's, we make it work. I think it's because of him though. What's the size of the squad? Uh, I'm in one campaign with four people and one with six. What's your character? I have a wizard and a uh, a warlock. Okay. So I, I, I always pick Jake's got to look right now and figure out what I, his character is. One thousand percent. I'm logging into D and D Beyond right now to I would remember have to look what too, I have. To remember my backstory. To be completely you honest, were. Too. I think I'm an elf, but I don't remember. Yeah, maybe an age. I don't know. Spellcaster of some sort. I usually I, play spellcasters. It's a little more fun. I can do more stuff. I want to say I'm a ranger. Um, and I will say on this same point too uh, that I actually had the most fun, perhaps, trying to do Dungeons and Dragons esque when I did the Star Wars version of this. And I'm gonna blank on what it's called now. So if you've got it in your in your noggins there, you can spit it out. But um, I actually had a binder still that I just got rid of after not playing for like two years. I got rid of all my old like notes and everything because I'll probably never play that again if I had to guess. But <laughs> I had so much freaking fun doing the Star Wars version. And if you I've... had a good DM for that. It could be an absolute blast. I've heard that that one's really great, but I've never done it. But I looked it up. I'm a Cobalt Ranger. I like it. I have a longbow, two short swords. Armor class is 17. <laughs> what level? Uh, six. Hey, that's pretty good for level six. Well, we started off with... He ju My nah. brother is our DM, and he juiced us a little bit nah. so that we could... Because he's doing like... He normally wouldn't do the campaign he's doing with us with like admittedly like I've done like three mini campaigns because I've never finished one. Kyle has done a couple. It was really Jed, the other guy who is yeah. with us in Husbands and Dragons that done a, does a bunch. And then Logan doesn't DM professionally, but DMs for like four or five different campaigns yeah. at a time. So he was like, I'm going to juice you guys up a little bit so that you are competitive to start on this one. And we've already almost ran into trouble a few different times. That's good. So I've actually had one campaign go from 1 to 20, but it was pre-COVID. And we kind of had to wrap it up after COVID started through Zoom. But I, yeah. I've done it one time, and it's there's something about it. It's it's good to see your character, especially as a wizard. I had like six hit points. Get punched and get knocked down, and then next thing you know, by level 20, you're basically a god. So Yeah. This I, last time I was a half-elf druid, actually. Ah, that's what it was. It's a good one. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, it's it, again kind of like you were talking about. Like growing up, I was like, I was a nerd, but I wasn't like, like I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons nerd. Yeah. I yeah. was like, that. that's where I cut it <laughs> off. And then it's like, 
the first time I even did it was somebody that my wife worked with invited me and I was like, sure, why not? And I just sat there with my laptop and I was in charge of like ambiance. So basically I was just sitting on a soundboard. Uh, I had like music playing in the background. And then every time some, something that happened like on my soundboard, I would play like a meme sound. So that was that's pretty funny. fun, but I had a good time with it. And ever, ever since then I've wanted to do it. And that's why like husbands and dragons came to be. It was like Kyle's buddy was really into it. My brother was really into it. Kyle and I were both like, this is fun. Let's do it. And then we would get both twice. We got through one session and then somehow never met again. <laughs> no, that happens. That yeah, happens we did more twice, times right? than not. Did we get we did two, two on the second one? We did two sessions, I believe. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right. But then it just completely awesome. crumbled. Yeah. And it's mostly because your brother is like super busy too. We're like as a DM, even if we could get everybody into the same room together, he's like, oh, I have eight different fucking campaigns I'm running. So good luck getting yeah. my time. So yeah, yeah. that was tough. He's not doing as much anymore. It'll probably be easier for him to uh to hop on now. And he could and always just play too. Like we could see if anybody else wants to DM just so he doesn't have to feel that burden as well. But yeah, we should definitely get the ball rolling again. I mean, if y'all need an extra person as a fellow average husband, if y'all yeah, need a player, yeah. I'll play with y'all. Yeah, man, for sure. We will, uh, we will keep that in mind. Whoever it was that Jed brought on for ours, like had the worst availability too. Like our fourth oh, yeah. was not good. He he was the one. I don't. Even, he wasn't there for the second session, if I remember right. He Correct. Was like, yep. yeah, not a chance. My schedule is jam-packed. <laughs> yeah, like, he, all right, he, sick, dude. Thanks. He was like so gassed to do it, and then yeah, yeah. we recorded, and then we were like, all right, can we do next week on this day? And he was like, sorry, I'm only available on Mondays at, like between seven and seven yeah. twelve, and then Thursdays, which was we like all agreed on a day. And then he was the last one to come in and be like, oh, sorry, I uh, I have to hang out with my wife and kid that night. That's like, and I was, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And I was like, like, don't you have to do that just that night? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I was like, when you have five people in agreement, and then the sixth is the one that causes yeah. the problem, yeah, you're tough. like, all right, well. But yeah, I, I, mean, I think my comparison now to like the modern, like I'm not that level of nerd when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons is like Magic the Gathering for me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a nerd, but I'm not a Magic the Gathering level nerd, you know, and I'm sure there's somebody in the audience yep. out there that'll be offended by that. And I'm Logan. sorry, <laughs> but it's just one of those things where like, that is an investment that I will never make. Yeah. Period. No, like, I, I, yeah, I just don't have the mental capacity to do that because I'm trying to do stuff, content creation and the fantasy football. So like D&D is where I cut it off. Anything else yeah. just feels overwhelming. And I could easily swap that out, but I don't want to. So. It's also super expensive, right? Like if you yeah. actually want to get invested into like card games to, yeah. to yep. you're going to pay out money for it. It's not like you can just like create a character online for free and do whatever you exactly. want with that. So, so while, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, while I never did Magic the Gathering, I was a big MLB Showdown guy. You guys ever, uh, <laughs> ever dabble? No, I didn't. Uh, it's basically a card game with baseball players. Uh, here's some of the I'm- cards here. I'm familiar with it, but I've never done it before. I think I've seen cards like that before, yes, at somebody's house. So are those just standard baseball cards, or is it a certain... No, it's like... I used to to have books of baseball cards. I can... Let me pick one good player to actually, like, analyze here. So I'll do a pitcher and a hitter. Um, So we're going to go with Bob Feller and Adrian Beltre. So basically... Like each of the players on here, it has a certain number of points that are associated to them. When you build your team, you do um, uh, a starting pitcher, or you have to have four, four or five starting pitchers, a uh, relief pitcher, uh, your nine hitters, and then I think you get one or two bench guys. But you have to get it under 5,000 points is your total team that you can build. It's like um, drafting a freaking 
fantasy team in the daily or the whatever the weekly the fantasy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you you build your team like that, and then you have pitchers and hitters on both sides. You roll a tw- a, a d twenty, um, and then so the pitchers control plus whatever they roll. If that is higher than the batters on base, then the pitcher gets to determine the outcome. If it's lower or ties, the hitter gets to determine the outcome. So then on the cards, it's got certain roles. So like Adrian Beltre, if you roll uh, a one through seven, essentially, it's an out. Eight or nine is a walk. Ten through 15 is a single. 16, 17 is a double. 18 plus is a home run. And then in contrast for the pitchers, uh, it's like one through 16 is an out. 17 is a walk. 18 through 20 is a single and then there's ways that there's other like bonus cards that you can play to get higher roles mm-hmm. kind of the same as like any other card game you actually Pokemon. found people like, to play this with you we had we used to do it every <laughs> um every wednesday night at, was it like the baseball team that did this it was a lot of baseball players yeah okay yeah that um, makes but, a little it, more sense. but it was like, like every, this is such a niche game like it you would was. not find that many people it, that would be into this it stopped i think they stopped making the cards in like oh six and did it like, start in like 05? No, it started in like 98. <laughs> it was a thing for a while. It was a thing for like 10 years. Yeah. yeah um, okay. But yeah, it was like every Wednesday mm-hmm. night at our uh, our Park District Pavilion. We would get, uh, there would get a group together. You had a buy-in, like the winner of the day. Basically, you'd do it like a tournament style. The winner of the day would get X number of packs of cards. Second place would get X number. Third place would. Um, so it was actually like, it, it, there was like 20 or 30 of us that would show up every single week. And then they just stopped making the cards. So then everybody was like, oh, we're done now. And I was like, I'm not. Bring bring back MLB Showdown. <laughs> Dude, if I was like a little bit wealthier, I would have a total appetite to try to like go on eBay and buy discontinued games and like play them on a podcast episode every once in a end. Because there's a, you made me, you reminded me of this actually, but there is, again, I'm a Star Wars nerd. So there is a Star Wars board game that was created in probably the early 2000s. If I had to guess, I could be wrong, but it like didn't last very long and discontinued. And it's actually like really fucking expensive if you want to get it now because it's like this really rare board game. And I had a buddy in college that I worked with that was like, yo, bro, have you ever played whatever this is? And I was like, no, I never even heard of that. He's like, yeah, that's because it like barely exists. And he's like super <laughs> fucking into it and goes on this like long I'm, rant about how amazing it, it was. If you're talking about Star Wars Rebellion, it, it might be Rebellion. I don't know. I might have that at my parents' house. If you do, and it's the same thing, like if you go on eBay and like look it up, it was like in the hundreds of dollars if I was going to have to buy like even like yeah. a like a probably pretty poor condition version of the board game. It's $110 right now. Yeah. But yeah, I might have that at my parents' house. So, but I also my- don't have the money to be thrown around to do this, so this is a terrible idea to even consider. However, if you have a random collection of old board games at your mom's house or your parents' house, I am down to play old board games at some point in time. That is one thing that's nice about D&D is it really doesn't cost anything. Yeah, that's the greatest part of it. The, the access to that game is unlimited. Like you truly need absolutely nothing in order to join in and start a campaign. And all you need is like somebody in your friend group that has some creativity to run the DM. And then everything yeah. else is just participation at that point, right? Like, and like you can, even to the point of like character resources, right? Like there are guides online everywhere for free. Yeah you do not have to pay for anything to get into the scenes, which is like, like I said, the access to that game is probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, things in their favor. Like their community has probably grown a lot because of accessibility. That was under, under question a little while ago, Hasbro and like wizards of the coast were talking about not making it accessible to everybody. And like, 
<clears throat> putting up like some type of paywall or something and people absolutely lost their shit and they didn't do it so yeah uh, that's part of the appeal to it is how easy your entire it is, fucking but... community yep. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's yeah, a bunch it's... of people that are like super like you know they've they've built this community of people because of the way that you can share the information and spread the community and then you're like oh by the way mm-hmm. we're gonna make you pay paywall like, <laughs> yeah absolutely exactly. not dude. Nope. sounds no a way. lot like twitter <laughs> oh my god dude I don't know if we're going to talk about that on this episode, but if not, we need to revisit that at some point in time. With the, the you're telling me you're not excited to zeet? Um, well, <laughs> to be fair, I don't tweet either. So, and also, I'll, is that is that how it's going to be pronounced? That's the rumor. Because there's no z in it, for the record. Yeah, but X is often pronounced as like a z. In what language? Like xylophone, I think is the only one I can think of. Get off the top of my head. One time in the entire English dictionary. <laughs> hey man, all it takes. But regardless, I hate it because every time I look up, I'm like, I wasn't on X videos today. I was not watching porn. I'm like, I've actually seen a million you're sharing your screen. You're like, oh shit, that oh shit. Today. Yeah, I'm like, Somebody oh god. Was like, oh, why is there Twitter. more episodes of The Office on X than there is on Netflix or whatever? And it was X videos in the banner. I was like, oh my god, dude, what a oh. meme. It was like speak at- of the devil we can just address this like very quickly uh we don't have to delve into this as a whole topic but did you see that well first of all there's rumors of multiple different companies already having the patent on x like so there's Wouldn't like a me. lot of like many and one of the rumor- rumored companies is meta uh because they like have it for social media apparently and then another one is microsoft which is hilarious like both of these companies that are competitors anyway um the other thing is oh i'm gonna blank what i was just gonna say i went down the wrong tangent Oh, what the fuck? Where was I going to go with this? <laughs> It'll come back to me. But he also stole the Twitter handle because somebody had at X on Twitter and Elon just took it from him and changed <laughs> it to at X one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, eight, seven, six, five. <laughs> just completely fucked this person that's probably had that handle ever. That's know? crazy. <clears throat> that's funny, though. Oh God man! Damn, I don't remember what I was gonna say. But yeah. Anyways, D and D is I, awesome. I went to message. Yeah, I went to message Jake and I looked on top of my tabs. I'm like, where's my Twitter at? Yeah. yeah. I see the X. I'm like, oh, oh, there yep. it is. On my it phone, is. it's still the bird. And oh, I will that's still- what I was gonna say. I gotta interrupt you because I'm gonna forget if I don't do it right now. When do you guys know? Did Elon found PayPal or just buy it from somebody? Like, I believe. I, know, he, I think it was one of the founders. I know that's where he derived a lot of his initial like his own personal money that wasn't from his parents was from PayPal. I just can't remember if he was the true founder or if he actually just bought it out like he did with Tesla. Um, do, 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 do. But anyway, while you're looking that up, the point is at one point in time, he was the acting CEO of PayPal and was attempting to rebrand it as X. So he yes. actually created, he took the domain of X.com back in like the early nineties or early two thousands, whatever it was, and tried to make PayPal X.com. And the entire board of directors was like, you're a fucking idiot. You're fired. And so he's no longer the CEO. (laughs) That's sort of correct. So he founded X.com, which was an online financial service company. The company that PayPal started as, which was known as Confinity, merged with X. And then he tried to make X the thing. And then they kicked him out like six months later and replaced him with Peter Thiel. Okay, so... It wasn't his original company, PayPal. It was a merger. Yes. And then he tried to rebrand. <laughs> yep. And it didn't. Shocker. Look, look how that turned out. History is replaying itself. Yeah. Yeah. In like, yeah. I don't want to keep talking about this because it's going to turn into a topic. So unless somebody has it as their topic, which is not me, I have something else to talk about today, then we'll, we'll talk about it some other time. 
I also have something else to talk about. And Josh actually inspired me when he he was DMing me. He was doing what every guest does when I put them on the spot of saying, come up with a topic. And then they're like, can you guide me onto it? And I'm like, no, no <laughs> figure it out. 100% no. But he said, the only things that I really talk about or think about recently had been fantasy football and music. Are we rolling right into your topic? Is that what's happening right now? We are rolling right into my topic. Did you finish your beer? I'm just about finished. I finished mine, so I'm going to rate it before you start. All right. I'm going to keep interrupting you this whole episode. You said just about finished. He has like three quarters of a beer right now. He's about to chug. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Of a light beer variety, this was actually pretty dang good. It smells a little bit off-putting. Um, it smells like a bush light that's been sitting out for a week or so. Um, hey, hey, hey. That's the best bush light right there. I, uh, I want I want my bush light a little skunked. <laughs> I, I don't agree with you. But um, we also proved on like one of our first episodes that bush light isn't as good as we both used to think it was. We both went for way Which different light beers. actually I'm reminds good- me, Jess wants to rank light beers. So we have to convince Carly to do the, the podcast with us and rank we light beers. We can do it in October. Perfect. That's actually a really smart idea. Yeah, we'll do Look that. Look at you using your noodle. My hey, I actually prefer bush heavy over bush light myself. I think I prefer most of the heavies, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I also if, can't afford to take on the calories and beer. I was going to say, if we're just talking flavor, it's, I definitely prefer the heavies, but a big light beer thing for me is, uh, it's, it's a lot like what I like in fantasy football and that's volume. I'm trying to drink, <laughs> trying to drink 20. So I want, I need the light beer to, you know, keep me calm a little bit. That actually anyway, 1%. Is, is I need to rate this thing and of light beers. I'm going to give this a 3.5 because it's hard for me to put it higher than that. Cause I put every beer into the scale, you know? Um, but it's pretty dang good for a light beer. So three, five. And then I'm going to roll right into a porch light brewing company, hazy IPA, which I don't really like hazies, but I also love ginger snaps and they have the ginger snap on the can with the DJ and it's a uh, made with cold pressed ginger IPA. So I'm hoping it tastes Ooh. like a ginger snap, but it probably just tastes like shitty beer with ginger in it. That sounds so good. We'll find out. My beer, it was a sour. It fulfilled what it told me it was going to be. So just for that, it gets a three, and I'm going to bump it up to a three, two, five because I enjoyed it. Um, and then I'm rolling right into Distill Brewing's Wild Sour Series Dragon Fruit Mango. Nice. Sick. But so why not? This is going to be a little drafty. It's not really a draft, but... You love your drafts. Kyle and I, uh, as he's mentioning, I'm going out there in October. We're going to two music festivals in a row. You're doing that. That is happening. So, on back-to-back Completely weekends... different genres. Very different <laughs> genres. The first one is Aftershock, which is like a hard rock metal festival. And then the next weekend, we're going to a country festival. So That's true. Back-to-back, okay. we're going to die. But what we're going to do here... <laughs> is we are going to go around round table and we are going to build our ideal music festival lineup, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. You're going to pick a, a band from your five favorite genres. So I'll, I'll start it off. I'll, we'll just go in a circle here. So, so myself, then Kyle, then Josh, you'll wrap it up and then you'll go just like a snake draft. You'll do two in a row back to Kyle, etc. It can be any genre that you want, but just like what your dream five bands in a festival would be. So I'm going to start it off and I'm going to go with my country artist. I'm going to just start it off a little classy with the country. And this is going to be probably as basic as it gets, but it's not as basic as possible. So make that one make sense. Um, But I'm going to go with Hardy because Hardy hits. He's one of the greatest songwriters in country music and he's got a rock element to him. So I get to 
use that to parlay a little bit into the the majority of my festival, which is going to be a lot more rock oriented. But if you don't listen to Hardy, you should, especially his most recent album, because he's got a lot of rock influence on it. And you can tell on his new album, if the song is in lowercase letters, it's a country song. If it's in capital letters, it's a rock song. So check it out if you haven't. Hey, can we do four genres and then like a wild card that fits into any genre? Sure. For five total. That works. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you on that. That's what I'm here for. Because I know what your five is going to be. Well, maybe. I but I had to just cover cover some bases here. All right. Kyle. <laughs> Josh, you can go first. I'll, let, I'll go last. Okay. Um, so I'll go with my weird genre that everyone makes fun of me for, especially my wife. I'm going to go with Ska, and I'm going to go with Streetlight Manifesto. Ooh, nice, good dude. band. They're just – I went and saw them when I went to see Real Big Fish, and I didn't know who they were, and they stole the show. So I'm going to go with them. Kyle, were they at Riot Fest when we went? Which one of the ones that he mentioned there? Streetlight Manifesto. They might have been, but I also they think were. Big Fish was there. <laughs> um, Streetlight Manifesto. What, what year did we go? Was it 2019? Yes. It was pre-COVID, so yes. I think so. But those headliners don't look right. Who were the headliners? <laughs> um, Blink-182, Flaming Lips, Jawbreaker, Slayer, Rise Against, Block Party, Bikini Kill. Ooh, Rise Against. Uh, maybe... I don't remember. It could I think you just I made guess. a best friend in Kyle right there. Kyle loves Rise Against. I do. I, that was my childhood. To be completely fair, it was also my childhood, and I don't really listen anymore. So same. Them and Four uh, Year Strong, I listen to a lot, but I don't listen to them anymore. I had but this. Hold a place we can talk about heart. this as a part of this topic, but I have basically completely reverted to country now at some point in time in my life, and I Respect. can't. I've talked. I talked about this with somebody recently because I don't. I can't mark at what point it happened or why that it happened. Because I grew up like the you do not listen to country family, you listen to classic rock or metal, yep. and there's nothing in between. And I loved it. And then at some point, the switch flipped, and I transitioned. So it, it has to be semi recently because I remember when we visited you in Arizona and you were driving. It was definitely more rock music. And then when I visited you when you moved to California, it was almost exclusively country. That's probably true, but I was at least listening to metal still back then in arizona or like rock and mm -hmm. i don't even really do that anymore. Like there was a complete switch but anyway that's okay um i go next i'm gonna start off with this because and i'm gonna sneak in a sneaky one to be redundant because i think i don't think jake would go here but i just want to make sure he doesn't take this from me and i'm gonna go with my rap artist and that's migos because i fucking love migos i was not gonna take migos you did so not have to worry about that I'm one but i respect it, it. right now <laughs> perfect are we snaking this? Yeah. Sick. Then I'm going to roll right into classic rock and go with Fleetwood Mac because Fleetwood Ooh, Mac is one. one of my favorite artists of all time. And I like I would die to see them in concert. Um, I'm just going to stop there. I don't need to say anything else. Everybody knows Fleetwood Mac. Probably. They're amazing. That's all I have to say. You know, recently I went and listened to Fleetwood Mac on Spotify. And there's a lot of songs I didn't realize they did that I really liked. So Yep. It's an amazing artist. full of hits. Yep. Yep. All right, it's back to Josh. Oh, it is. Um, I have a little document up here. You know, I'm just going to go with like indie slash, I think it's just considered indie, Modest Mouse. They're by far one of my favorite bands of all time. Every single album is full of just songs. They're really talented and very unique in their songwriting. So, Hey, TJ, thanks for hopping in. We appreciate up, you for, for stopping in. That's a great choice. I'm not a huge like 
they're one of those bands where I I don't personally love their music, but I fully understand the appreciation mm-hmm. for them. Like it's just it's not my style. Like I'll listen to it every once in a while if it comes on. I'm not going to turn it off. But it's not like it's it's not a band. And, and Fleetwood Mac's honestly a lot like that too. Like especially like being a guitarist growing up and like playing music. Like I really appreciate what the guitarist Fleetwood Mac was able to do, especially since everything they did was finger picking, um, which is yeah. just incredible. But um, to digress a little bit gonna go next this one my festival is gonna be really really basic here so i'm going with a classic pop punk band everybody should know where this is going psych it's not blink 182 it's fallout boy as much as i love blink i'm a big fallout boy guy and honestly yellow card is like really close to making it too but i'm not i'm not getting there just yet Um, i'm not that into and then I'm going to go right to my roots, which is my, you know, metalcore, post-hardcore bands, that that genre there. And I'm, I'm taking a day to remember. They have yeah, to be at my cool. festival. There's no way they're not going to be. A good festival. Yeah. Just so many hits. I'm giving them a three-hour set, like a Taylor Swift era's concert, and we're just going to rock it out. TJ, <laughs> thank you, man. We appreciate that. Fucking no. Dude, Okay. That needs to be a whole topic in its own. Oh, damn, dude. Okay, Uncle Kyle, we'll have a conversation about that too because Irish music is my shit. It is like my guilty pleasure, and Carly hates it. Which so I don't like listening to, to Irish it very Fest. often, which is true. I'm literally going out of my way to go home at the same time as Irish Fest is going on so that I can go see Gaelic Storm because I'm a big Irish music fan uh, and just Irish food in general. But anyway, sorry. I think it's back to Josh. So I'm gonna Back to up. Josh. No, just a quick point on Jake's picks. Fall Out Boy was my first ever concert that I actually went to. Did nice. them in gym class, Heroes, Plain White Tees. Oh yeah, and then I went to that tour to, too. Oh, that's funny. And a day to remember when amazing. I was in when I was in college at Kennesaw State. It's really close to Atlanta, so I saw a day to remember for twelve dollars, like probably ten to fifteen times. When, oh, that's before awesome. they really blew up. So it was a lot of fun. I love those picks. My um, first concert was Bowling for Soup because my uncle was the tour <laughs> manager for them. That's awesome. I think my first real concert was Avenged Sevenfold. That's a pretty good first concert. That's a good one, yeah. And it, talk about being cheap, too. I caught them at the pretty early stages. It was probably like their second album, maybe. Um, yeah, so before they were like killing it, killing I, I it. I think it was their second album when they when they were really popping off. And it was right before they hit Guitar Hero, if I remember gotcha. right. And so I hit them early enough that I got the concert like super fucking cheap. It was Avenged Sevenfold, Saving Abel, and Shinedown, who was nobody at the time. Yeah. Like nobody knew who that was. They were opening for Avenge Sevenfold. So uh, it was a good concert to start off with. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, so I guess my next one, I'll go hip hop here. I'm really into like 90s, early 2000s hip hop. So I'm going to go a tribe called Quest. Some of my Ooh. favorite music just to put on in the background while I'm doing something on the computer. They just don't miss. So. They really don't. Mm-mm. Like, I, I don't know one song that I'm just like, oh, I don't really like this one. I'm going to I'll change it to the next one. I'm sure I there's one. I'd have to go back through the discography. But... I'm sure I could, but I'd have to literally go looking for one. I'm like relatively positive that none of you would take any of the rest of my artists, so I can go anywhere I want with this, but I've got them all filled in now. So I'm going to start off with this one, which is my um, alternative rock, I guess. I don't know how you'd categorize them specifically, but probably most people would say alternative rock, and I'm going to go with Against Me as my next artist, which is still one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, According to their Wikipedia page, they are a punk rock band. 
Yeah. I consider them punk. punk I think they're earlier those. stuff, definitely. But I think the like Thresh and Rule is a good punk kind of anthem. Expanded. Um, but yes, yeah, it is. So Against Me is my next artist. My brothers got me into them, and then I never went back. I fucking love Against Me. And if I'm feeling like listening to some sort of a punk slash alternative or whatever, that's usually where I'll turn to. So that's my next. And then I rounds and stays on me. So I'm going to go with this one first because my last one will be a shocker. And I never would have picked it until I recently saw this person live. So I'm going to go with this one next, which is another one that I saw live for the first time. And that's Corey Kent as my country artist because Corey Kent puts on a really good show and has some really fucking solid hits and is really kind of com- coming out right now and making his way. Uh, still emerging onto the scene, I would say. But if you listen to his album most recently, it's really good. So. Jess actually just sent me one of his songs recently. Solid artist. It was the one, uh, Something's Gonna Kill Me. Yeah, I listened to that song on almost repeat. So listen to it today. It's a really good fucking song. All right, back to you, Josh. Yeah, I've never heard of Corey Kent. I was kind of in the opposite that you were, Kyle. I grew up, my parents only listened to country and gospel, so it kind of pushed me away from it, hearing it my whole life. But I'm, and a lot of the new country, I just don't really dig. So I'm going to have to check him out. Corey Kent's awesome. And I would say that I am, because of the, when I transitioned, I'm probably more of a modern style country fan, like the Morgan Wallen type era. Um, Now, I guess I would say you could surround it with, he's kind of a centerpiece right now anyway. I'm, I'm going to make a really strong argument that the current, like what a lot of people still consider like bro country or pop country is way better than the like 2005 to 2015 bro country the florida georgia line era if you could skip over the, that like, one and, and go into today yeah you're probably better off florida georgia line was so weird for me because i always really enjoyed certain songs of theirs and they were never the like i like i you know cruise plays i'm gonna i'm gonna sing along but like yeah. my favorite songs by them were not the radio songs they're like mm-hmm. a pop artist on the radio though that's yeah. my argument that's so, fair. That's uh, a very good assessment of them, honestly. And I think I like Sturgill Simpson and bluegrass stuff more than I like yeah. like country. So that's kind of just where I'm at with that. That's um, fair. Carly hitting the 90s country for she life. loves 90s. Yep. Kyle I love Alan, Alan Jackson's. Alan Jackson's a shit. I saw Alan it, Jackson live and it was I the second worst concert I ever saw in my life. Hey, He it, was the most boring performer to watch really? just sit there that's, and strum on stage. Yeah. I still like his music, but it was just hard to watch on stage. It's not something yeah. that you go to to get excited and like have a great time. Exactly. It's. I feel like if I go to Alan Jackson concert, I'm gonna be so drunk I'm puking on somebody's boots. And then That's basically how it went. We snuck in. <laughs> we snuck in two full thirty packs of Bush Light in our <laughs> boots into the concert. It was a great time. All right. That's, so I think it's up to me. I'm gonna go with my opener and someone, at least based on Spotify's numbers, no one's really heard of yet. It's a punk band. It's uh, two women and this big dude who's our bass player. It's called Mannequin Pussy. Oh, I've heard of them. And they're so good. I think I just I listen to them all the time on Spotify. I have so if you if you can't go listen to them, they're I'll so check good. It out. Yeah, I'm pretty it out. sure they're playing at. Um, I'm looking now. I thought I really thought they were playing at uh, AfterShock, but I I think I'm mistaken. Uh. I can't think of their the, names off the top dude, of my head, but the rock was a festivals do a pretty good job of bringing in some of those unnamed mm-hmm. artists, or you know, like the ones that are just emerging onto the scene and kind of yeah. blowing them up. Like Riot Fest is known for that shit. Like yeah, we'll find especially with the there. with the like Chicago music scene, like they're yeah. really good at pulling in a lot of like really good local bands. Yeah, they do that a lot for sure. 
All right. So for me to to end it out, I'm going with a hip hop act. It's more of like a horror core. I guess is like the you genre that horror or horror horror. That's <laughs> okay. like the genre people put them in, and they literally release a song called "Stop Calling Us Horror Core" because it's not what they are. <laughs> um, but it's Suicide Boys. I'm a big Suicide Boys guy. Um, they give they get a lot. You can tell a lot of their influence from like or like the 2000s, early 2000s, late 90s rap artists. Like you can hear a lot of Three Six Mafia in their music. You can hear a lot of Wu Tang in their music. They're awesome. I love them. But they also like just talk about their drug addictions. And it's an interesting dichotomy yeah. there. Um, and then, as Kyle put it, kind of that hodgepodge blend. Um, the, this could kind of, this band also could fall into just about any genre, depending on what cycle of music they're putting out. But it's Bill Murray. On my Twitter bio, I'm a Bill Murray stan. I put it in there. But currently, they're advertising themselves as the heaviest country band in the Midwest. But they do everything. Are you into Jelly Roll? <laughs> I do like Jelly Roll. I like some. I like. I think he's got some real haters right now, and I think it's so funny his name. Just being an artist called Jelly Roll is comedy. I don't even know what the dude looks like, but I can picture it just based on what he calls. He's himself. a. I'll show you real quick. He's a. He's a boy. He's a big boy. But he always he said his. TikTok. He uh. The only reason I became such a big fan of him is I religiously listened to Bustin' with the Boys. And he's been a frequent guest on there. So that's how I really found out about him. Uncle Kyle uh, in the chat here, he'll probably chime in in a second. I know he's been listening to Jelly Roll for a minute, like back before he was even doing any of his like rock or, or country stuff. Yeah. Um, but hold on, let me let me share share screen here so you can see a picture of Jelly Roll. Oh, yeah. Big boy. Yeah, big boy. Shocker. Call yourself yeah. Jelly Roll. He's a really oh, that's cool him dude, right in though. the middle, that one with the raspberry jam in the center. Oh, yeah. This is actually Jelly Roll right here. <laughs> <laughs> Producing music. But yeah, anyways, more importantly, Bill Murray. Uh, it's if you do you guys know the band Attack Attack? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the original singer and guitarist, Johnny Frank from Attack Attack, when he left, he started doing his own music. He started like a heavier band called The March Ahead, which he's kind of side sidelined, and then he started doing Bill Murray, which originally was more like I don't want to say like noise rock, but more just kind of like out there. And then he went like really into the heavy stuff, but he genre blends a lot. So that's why like the heaviest country band in the Midwest really works. Like he's put out a song with Hardy on it um, as an, as an unnamed uh, feature. He just released a song not too long ago with Mitchell Tenpenny. He, um, his most recent single that he released, the album cover is uh two, two NASCAR drivers, double fist and beers after a race. Like he's really nice. leaning into that side of things now. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. Anybody, anybody who likes music, I think can get into Bill Murray. Okay. Okay. All right. So this isn't my, this isn't my next person, but if you like heavy country, a buddy of mine, I used to play music with is in this band called Lakeview out of Nashville. Yeah. They're at, they're at the festival that Kyle and I are going to. They're one of the oh, openers on, uh, I know for a fact they're one of the openers this Orange time. Sky? Yeah. If, or no, uh, Gold Sky. Sky. Talk to uh, he's a redheaded guitarist. His name's Miles. I used to play music with him. If you can get a chance to talk to him, he's a cool dude. Awesome. Right on. Yeah, I uh, found them on TikTok actually. Their music's cool. really good. Yep, that's awesome. Small world. Um, so right, my next? last one, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a big band. And I'm gonna also plug someone that I think more people should know about. Kind of my random. So first one is Animals as Leaders. There you go. As someone who used to play guitar a little bit, you know, I just. 
watching Tosin play just made me want to put it down forever. <laughs> You're just like, I'm but, never going to be here. But no, they have like literally the best musicians in the world on that band. They're so good. Sometimes it's almost too much going on for me to really comprehend because my brain's not wired like that. But they're really good, really heavy. Um, and the last one that I'm just going to throw in here, Lewis Cole. He's a solo artist, makes his own music. He's also in a few side projects like Clowncore. Check out Lewis Cole. Really chill. He also for has sure. like an hour and a half video, a lyric video of him standing in a mirror doing his whole album. One hmm. take. That's a vibe. Okay. It's, good, it's good stuff. All right. Like I've got that. my final one. And I needed the wild card because I knew Jake would classify this as a genre that I already picked. So I needed to make sure I had the availability to make this happen. And the only reason I picked this person is because I had heard their songs before and I was like, okay, cool. Like, it's not bad. It's kind of like get you going kind of music. I like it. It's not that bad. But then I saw them perform live and I was like, holy shit. This person puts on an amazing show and gets the crowd involved and is so fun to see live. And that is Breland. Of all yep. people, I'm throwing Breland on the list because he is a freaking performer that knows how to actually get his, his audience involved. So he's a country artist, in my opinion. Some people might say he's kind of like pop country, uh, which yeah. is a fair way to categorize him, I think. And then um, he kind of dabbles into like either side of that, depending on which song you're actually listening to. But the dude does a really good job of live performing, which matters when you're doing a concert. So Breland's my final add to the list. He's also out. at Golden Sky, right? I think so. I'm pretty, pretty positive he is. Uh, no, he's not. I lied again. He was around at real uh, good Country at in the Park in this area <laughs> when I almost went and saw him again right after I went to Stagecoach, but then I wasn't able to go because I would have done it again just for his show because he does such a good job. I was really close. I, I knew the genre you were going with with that one. I really thought you were going Bailey Zimmerman. I would, however... Seeing Bailey Zimmerman was live was great. He does a good job. Dave, welcome to the podcast. It's been for fucking ever. Thank you for rejoining the podcast. Um, Bailey Zimmerman puts on a good show. That being said, he does three songs or so, and that's it. Dude doesn't have a big enough discography yet to actually perform live, in my opinion. Like He also even, is just like the 30-minute opener. He was not. He had a like center of the, which part of the problem for him was that he was in the middle of the day on 115 degree weekend. So it was literally yeah, like tough. the fucking hottest time of the day for him to go out and perform. And so I think a lot of people didn't show up to see him because of that, but they did give him a pretty short set at stagecoach, but he only, I'm almost positive. He only did three songs. In that Actually, I think that makes sense. Cause I think stagecoach is for a lot of them is like 20 minute sets. So there they literally go like boom, 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 like dead. But I don't he's know. from Illinois. I just, I am seeing him. I have tickets to go see just Bailey Zimmerman uh, in February. So I'm going to go do that. Uh, and hopefully he does a little bit longer show. But as a performer, I'm not sold yet. So I couldn't add him to the list. We got a Tyler Childers shout out in the chat as well as OG Posty. Posty was just in my area or maybe is this weekend. Either Posty. just happened or is happening. Posty just missed my list. I love Post Malone. Like he, if Suicide Boys didn't exist, Post Malone probably would have been my hip hop artist. Post, Post Malone is my favorite like pool music or like if you're out cooking at like grilling or something or just outside, he's the perfect music just to. I like Post Malone. I, I, I can get into it, but I don't, I don't selectively listen to Post Malone. Yeah. Like he would never make my roster, but um, if it pops up, because I'll listen to like today's top hits or whatever on Spotify every once in a while and he'll be on there and I'll enjoy his songs, but I don't, I don't go out of my way to listen to Post. 
his song he put out like two months ago mm-hmm. called Morning. I wish I had that. I wish I'd known that song existed during the bachelor party. Cause the song oh, yeah. is literally about like not wanting to sober up and how you drank too much the night before, but you don't yeah. want to sober up cause you know, it's going to be worse if you do. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I was scrolling through my phone cause I, I've been screenshotting things that I want to talk about on this podcast recently. Cause I have a terrible memory and I would, you know, see something and go, Oh, I need to talk about that. And then completely forget. So I've been screenshotting and I scrolled back far enough to see the, a couple of bachelor party pictures and one was me setting a beer and a Gatorade next to Dane while he was asleep so that he'd oh, wake yeah. up and just get going right away again. And then woke up and neither <laughs> noticed neither of them. Yeah. <laughs> he just got up and walked away. Yeah. 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 Good times. That was fun. That actually that's, I have to tell this story was him be waking up that morning and going, I don't think I've been this hungover in my life. And yeah. then not five hours later being like, I haven't even been drunk at one point this weekend. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> he was, yeah, he tried to completely play off the entire weekend. He's like, I haven't even been drunk. And it's my bachelor party weekend. And we're like, dude, dude, let's not even try that. Dane, you were drunk when you picked me up from the airport. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I won't put that on him for legal implications, but you know. He wasn't. He His first Coors Light definitely came after. Okay. Anyway, uh, Jake, do you want to rate your beer uh, just so we don't forget if you're ready for it? Yeah, you're this is Gatorade. I'm assuming you're ready. This one's fine. It's a two five. It's very middle of the road sour, as most of Distill Brewing's beers are. As expected, this tastes nothing like a ginger snap. It tastes like a very, very, very hoppy IPA, which I hate. This is a one point five on a good day. Oof. There's nothing exciting about this. I would rather have a beef light. And that is not that exciting. I can so. reach into the beer fridge over here and get you a bush light peach. I still need to try them. I really do. They're um, actually pretty good. Maybe they're not as bad as I thought they would be. They're dangerous, too. You can so, house them. No, I'm about to move, we're about to move to Richmond, Virginia. And my friends up there, they're like, we were going to see them to like visit and like look at some houses and do some job interviews. And they're like, I got you some bush lights. I was like, oh, thank you. It's bush light peach. And I was kind of <laughs> pissed. I was like, I felt like you left that last part off on purpose, knowing I wouldn't drink them. <laughs> Probably. But I tried it and it was pretty good. It was yeah. not as bad as I thought it would be. And I don't really yeah. like peach flavored things. Everybody always asks me about like how it compares to Bush Apple, but I never, I never tried Bush Apple, but I've, I've only heard good things about it, but I never tried it. Dave in the chat. Uh, just the fact that you are saying that you don't remember a sub two means you've been so far out of this podcast for so long. Cause I have rated some absolute dog shit beers in this podcast as well. So Dave, get your shit together and get back on the podcast. Off top of your head. What's the worst one you've had? Jake and I both had a pumpkin. No, it, it wasn't pumpkin. It was a sure? it was a peanut butter cup porter. Yes, you are right. It is peanut. It was peanut butter, peanut butter cup porter, and both of us uh, got it together while he was here. But we drank it after he had left uh, from this trip, or at least I did. And it no, was I, dr- maybe I drank the it. Worst beer I'd ever had in my life. I drank it on the podcast. It was the first one that I drank during the dual podcast we did with the wives. Yeah, it was. It was disgusting. Quite literally the worst beer I've ever had in my life. And I think it was sub one for both of us. Or maybe it was a one. I think I gave it but like a At the time, a we point... were doing a 10 scale. So that's pretty fucking bad. Like, we do the five scale now. So that'd so. be the equivalent to like a 0.5 now. Yeah, pretty much. It was terrible. It was so fucking bad. Yeah, I um, think I gave it like a 0.8. And I don't like porters to begin with. So you have to kind of impress me if you're going to put out a porter. But this was exceptionally bad. Like, Yeah, it was I disgusting. I think most people that like porters would have called it undrinkable. It was really? like a sour stout is the best way I can describe it. 
which is not what it should have been at all. It was so I wonder if they like let some air in and didn't like put carbon dioxide in there or something. I don't like, know. got sour or something. I should revisit that and try it again. I should yeah, go back to my reviews and give it a second shot and just see if it's just as bad as I remember. Maybe it was a bad batch. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it just skunked out sitting at the uh, the total wine. Carly yeah. said she wants to try a bush light peach so bad. Jake, you need to bring her one. I don't know if I can fly with bush light peach, but I will buy a case of bu- bush light peach I, when I visit you. you. I'm, not check, I'm not checking bags. I'm too cheap for that. <laughs> I know. That's fair. What airline are you flying? Southwest. Don't bags fly free on Southwest? I thought you were going to say Spirit because you're cheap. No, I'm not that cheap. I won't fly Spirit. <laughs> I won't fly Frontier. I'll at least do Southwest. Actually, I really like Southwest. Southwest I, I enjoyed Southwest. I've been a United guy my whole life just because my, my dad's United a United Plus. guy. I've never had issues, but I know you have. One of Kyle's flights got moved to an entirely different state. Yeah, that happened. My outbound flight got moved to Montana when I was trying to fly <laughs> out of California with no notice to me at all. An hour before I was supposed to depart. It was fun. Anyway, um, American is bad too. I think United's worse based on my last uh, experience. And Carly loves Southwest, so she can talk them up more. She's flown Southwest like almost exclusively over the last couple of years. Big Southwest guy. I love the fact that you get to pick your seat. And then so like on the way to Jane's bachelor party. You have to check in like the moment check-in is available to get the right seat. Not really. Especially if you're in a couple though. On the flights, yes, if you're a couple, for sure. But as a single dude who was flying to Dane's bachelor party, on my flights there, I paid to like upgrade into the well, that's a- different. A1 through You'll 15. You'll pay for a fucking upgrade for your check-in, but you it won't was, pay for a bag? It was $15. <laughs> yeah. I, I question was, your fucking priorities. Not, I, okay, so to, to be fair, I... Have ne- I never flew Southwest, so I didn't know what boarding was going to be like. So okay. I, d- I didn't understand it. And then on the flight back, I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I've spent so much money during this bachelor party. Yeah. And then I was like, C27, and I still got a window seat. Yeah, it was in the back of the plane, but it was a window seat. So I'm not going to yeah, complain. That's fair. See, I don't uh, sit windows. Dave, I've never flown aisles. Air Canada. I've never done that. And I also completely, the older I get, the more I understand the aisle seat preference. I really yeah. do, especially if it's less than like a three-hour flight, three three or yeah. less hours. I want access to the bathroom. I actually think yep. it's the opposite for me. If it's a longer flight, Damn. I want access to the bathrooms. I'm with Jake. We, we I, flew to New Orleans I, to get married, and I sat window, and it was fine because it was an hour and a half flight. I I made it. Yeah, like Here's hour and a half, two-hour flight. I don't have to pee, but if I'm in the air for five or six hours, I'm gonna piss three times because I'm gonna drink two diet cokes plus the guy's gonna come down and I'm gonna go. Double jack on the rocks, lots of rocks. <laughs> I call it tactical dehydration. I don't drink if I'm going to go on a long flight. I don't drink water. If I'll I do fucking that, turn into a prune. I hop into the flight, throw on the noise canceling headphones, and I go to sleep. And I don't want somebody waking me the fuck up to get me out of the aisle. That's when I get do sick. Do not wake though. me up. If I if I go into a flight dehydrated, I swear that's when I get sick. I live my whole yep. life dehydrated, so if I can do that, <laughs> that's a lie. You drink no, a lot of water. I do not. Ask Carly. I am Every time I have seen dehydrated. you, you are carrying around a giant ass water bottle, drinking it That's four times a day. Carly. I can completely credit Carly to try to even to try to get me hydrated, because when we lived in Arizona, you don't sweat in Arizona; it just evaporates, so you don't recognize when you're becoming dehydrated as well. And so I had to carry water with me all the time to try to force myself to drink more, and then I carried that habit to California. So you have seen Carly trying to make me a more hydrated human. I am horribly dehydrated all the time. Well, so, you know, you know, I'm chronically depressed. You're just chronically dehydrated. That's right. It's yeah. fine. We, we all have, have different problems. <laughs> yep. yeah. Chronic anxiety, chronic depression, chronic oh, dehydration. <laughs> uh, I'm not losing weight, but uh, thank you for 
saying that. I don't know if you're saying that visually or because of the fact that I don't have uh, water in my life. Yeah, he's talking about um, how you're dehydrated, so you're water cutting like you are in the UFC. Yeah, that's true. That that is my job. Um. Anyway, really quick, Dave. I've never flown Air Canada, so I can't say anything about it. Uh, but I'm sure they're the friendliest service on the planet. And then I'm going to quickly move into my topic and quit getting distracted because we have nine minutes, and which is good because I have a short one, I think, today because I'm going political because uh, I didn't know we were going to have a guest. But this must be talked about before it becomes irrelevant. This is like <clears throat> perhaps one of the wildest things that's happened in political news from the American military standpoint in quite a while. A American army private who had two subs or two back-to-back charges for assault while he was in South Korea, stationed in South Korea. Um, uh, The first one got washed away, swept under the rug, whatever you want to call it. Second one sticks. He gets charged, spends 40 days in a hard labor prison camp in South Korea. He gets out. They're sending him home, probably to discharge him from the military. And instead of going and hopping on the flight, he books a private tour on the uh, demilitarized zone between North and South Korea to go look at that area. Uh, That's what the tour was for. And then right when he gets to a point where everybody's kind of like lollygagging around, fucking sprints across the border. So long story short, this guy is trying to probably avoid going to jail in the United States. And in his infinite wisdom, he decides that the better option is to flee into North Korea as somebody who the North Koreans are going to automatically assume has classified information for the United States, right? Why wouldn't you assume that? So you can also probably assume that this guy is getting... Okay, so back this up five seconds before I I say that part. The United States has tried to reach out multiple times through different venues to try to get a hold of this guy through different countries, through different, you know, calling directly, whatever... North Korea is not talking to the United States. They won't answer the calls. This dude is probably sitting in a fucking torture chamber right now, getting just beat up, trying to get information out of him. And so, like, I don't I don't know. Somebody would have to Google this, and I'm not going to do it because I just, I don't want to, to be honest. But <laughs> I don't think this has ever happened before. I don't think that we've had an American soldier defect to North Korea ever. And you're talking about probably post-50s, right? Because the 50s Korean War is when we really had the division and the demilitarized zone uh, established. So the chances of it are pretty unlikely. But yeah, all of a sudden you have a guy who... And and I kind of just want your guys' thoughts on this because I I just can't imagine a world in which I would sit there and think, I'm going to get discharged from the military and I'm going to go... I might maybe go to an American prison. And the alternative to that is to flee to North Korea, who has a history of torturing people. And the college student that was detained there ended up coming back and dying because he came back so fucked up from North Korea after the prisoner exchange. Yeah, it was like, dude, this it, like I was reading this headline and I couldn't fucking wrap my head around it. I was so blown away by why you could possibly justify this decision in your brain, and it has to just be an irrational, like spur of the moment decision, right? Like you're panicking. Yeah. But I just can't comprehend what's, what what went through this guy's head. So I'm curious what you guys are uh, are thinking about that. And if you haven't seen this, you should definitely look it up. And I'm, I'm reading about it now. It wasn't even an assault charge. It was damaging public property. There was at least one assault charge for sure. 100%. I've, I've seen multiple sources on so that. So this one, this one anyway, it says he was about to fly back to the United States from South Korea for possible disciplinary action after refusing to pay a fine for allegedly damaging public property. What's that? Like a month in military jail? Like 
Maybe. What source Probably are you using? Not right now? Uh, this is NBC. God, I don't know. I'm going to have to revisit this a little bit because I haven't, since the story first broke, I haven't read many articles about it, but I'm like positive it was a, a charge that was serious enough to get him kicked out of the military. I believe you. So, so um, go ahead. I think there's one person we got to call if we got to do anything with North Korea. It's Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're goddamn right. Dennis Rodman gets I mean, he's, out. he's the man for this job, but I, I still. Like you said, that's so confusing why instead of just being kicked out of the military, maybe going to jail for a little while, you'd rather go to North Korea. That's wild. And and the the craziest part maybe about it is that, you know, you can you can kind of gauge what your punishment will be in the United States, right? Yeah. Like uh thirty to five, 45 days in jail. whatever it might be, right? You have no fucking clue. Yeah. When you're gonna get out of North Korea. Like you you are going into a truly black zone. Like you have no concept of when you might escape that that area and how you're going to be treated, which is probably going to be poorly based on historical things, which is completely funny that you brought that up, by the way, because if anybody that's listening to this didn't know, Dennis Rodman has a 100% success rate of getting prisoners out of North Korea because yep. okay. Kim Jong-un is a basketball fan. So Yeah, so he <laughs> served 47 days in a South Korean detention facility following an altercation with locals. Yeah. yeah. And during which... He kicked and broke the door of a police car, which was the actual, like, the charge. Really, like, he did his jail time, and then he had to pay a fine. And then so he didn't want to pay the fine. So that's why he essentially (laughs) bolted, according to ABC. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, like, the bottom line is he he had a ticket. And so uh, military security forces escorted him to and through the airport all the way up into security. And then he had to go through security by himself because those guys didn't have a ticket, obviously, right? So he goes through security and then just like runs out the side door or whatever, goes to this tour and flees flees into North Korea. It's like Jesus. It was quite that literally is- the most absurd thing I'd seen in in years. I yeah. couldn't understand it. That's like the epitome of like you said. You kind of know what you're getting yourself into, especially I would assume in the military. Like they're probably pretty clear about what your discipline is going to be. That's like. Yeah. The like, you could have the boat or the box. What's in the box? It could be a boat. Yeah. Like you know yeah. what you're gonna, what trouble you're gonna yeah. get into, yeah. but you're taking the risk of maybe the same trouble, but also potentially way, way worse because you are an active military member going into one of the countries, if not the right. country that we get along with the least. Definitely not the least. But that being said, like it is one of those places where, like, like I said, there's a history there of how they treat people. And you have no concept of when you're going to come home because there is no political bridge to get you out. Yeah. It's not like you go with somebody that like the, the United States is like politically neutral with, like you were going to a hostile nation yeah. and that is where you're choosing to retreat. Like you might've well jumped in the fucking ocean and started swimming and just accepted your fate that way Honestly. rather than running into North Korea. Like I am, what would you do to, to make you flee to North Korea? Nothing. What would have to be your looming fate to make you want to do that? There's no crime that I could ever commit as a human being. That Think about would it not me... from like a United States punishment, right? Like just jail time. Like what punishment would have to be sitting there staring you in the face for you to think I'm going to go to North Korea? Like knowing I'm going to be tortured for the next 20 years. Like you could put me to death and I'd yeah. be like, I'd be like, cool, whatever. But if you're like, if you're going to torture me, which is not going to happen to military agent going to military yeah. jail or just regular yeah. American prison. Yeah. 
but like going to North Korea, knowing you're going to get tortured, but it may not take as long because they may kill you before it's bad enough. <laughs> like it's, I would, it's just crazy. It's yeah. crazy. You know, it's, I, couldn't I mean, just, just knowing how like the military and even like police and stuff have each other's backs. I, I see a scenario where he just like has to do like desk duty and just like gets in trouble, but doesn't even get kicked out of the military just because I'm well, sure the there's fact plenty that they of already stuck one charge under the rug. Like he was mm. probably going to get kicked out. Still, but though, even then, right? Like, they may or may yeah. not defer that charge to civilian court, right? Like, you might mm-hmm. get kicked out of the army and then have no other punishment. That's and yeah, even yeah, if you exactly. do That's get exactly. kicked out and go to civilian court, it's an assault charge. You might be on probation for a year or something. And as you know? America has shown us, you can still be a cop after that if you want to do something <laughs> I, like. I that. I was gonna say you could be a true. cop or a security guard. So true, 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 true. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, that's that's a crazy story in the news. If you haven't seen it, check it out. That's amongst um, the dumbest things I've ever heard a human being do. Wild. The, the only and way we still, you go to we, North Korea. We really Korea, don't know anything about it because he, yeah. North Korea won't talk to us. So The only way you go is if you're ready to spill the secrets and so you don't get tortured. Like you got to go ready to squeal. So It makes you wonder if there was like a communication ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah. I'm about to run across Coordinated the board. Something Grab like me. What do you give me? You know, for the, yeah, yeah. something crazy. Especially since he was stationed in South Korea. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd probably be pretty hard to have that communication. It's probably mostly unlikely, but it's interesting to speculate and be a conspiracy theorist about it. Yeah, man. Um, That's fucking wild. All right, we are out of time officially. Josh, thanks for joining us. This has been another episode of Two Average Husbands. As always, thank you for joining us. If you're watching us live on YouTube, continue to do so. It's the best place to do that. Hit the bell and... Tyler, uh, you Sorry, this, this is my cat. It's my cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like... I thought it was Jake, but it's really my cat. I was like, it's not me. My hands are up. Hit the like and the subscribe on YouTube to continue joining us live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific, because I always mix those up when I'm talking about this. You can follow Jake at Perry underscore FF. Josh is there at Rotonaut on Twitter, at AKA X. I don't know what you are on other social <laughs> media, so you can do that when we let you do your own outro. Uh, you can also watch us live on Twitter and Twitch with the commentary alive on Twitch as well. Twitter slash X, you cannot comment live on the videos, which is pretty dumb, but that's the way that it is. Uh, And then if you really want to, you can join the Discord and chat with us there. Uh, No video available, but feel free to do that. Carly, aka Mine Wife, has given you the shout out there. I don't think she's ever done that for anybody before. So she has not. I prep, uh, you know, I, hey, I I'm, good at, I'm good at being an average, <laughs> mediocre white guy as a husband. That's, so. that's what we're all here for. Just to Welcome to the squad, brother. Cat was having a great time. Yes, Dave. <laughs> my cat is still here sleeping on my keyboard as always. Um, and then if you want to follow us on any of the other streaming platforms, uh, Spotify, other podcast places that I don't need to mention. You can follow, hit the link tree and follow all of those places and listen, but the best place to do it is live here with us on YouTube. All right. I've talked enough, Jake, close us out and then you can let Josh say his piece. Yep. Josh, thank you again for joining us, brother. We really appreciate it. We've been trying to get you on for a minute here and we're glad we were able to snag you. We'll definitely have you back. But as you mentioned, you're doing a lot of content creation, especially in the fantasy football space. So let the people know where they can find your work. Yeah, you, I do. Uh, so I mostly do dynasty fantasy football rankings, and uh, you can find all that on goingfortwo.com. I'm going to be doing some DFS articles for DraftKings, uh, so keep an eye out for that. And also Saturday at 7:30s on YouTube, the Going for Two YouTube. Me and uh, my buddy Brian do a dynasty Saturday night show, so you can find me there and on Twitter at Rotonot. Hell yeah! 
Hell yeah, man. Thank you again for coming yep. out here. Guys, like Kyle said, he covered most of it. If you want to see us drink something, let us know what you want to see us drink. If you want to see us talk about something, let us know what you want to see us talk about. But otherwise, this has been another episode of Two Average Husbands. We will see you all in next week's episode. And as always, don't forget to tell somebody that you love them.